0: The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I love mixing it up by betting against the spread taking the over on Giannis's points every chance I get, and more exclusive bets like the 2x3, 2-3 three, three scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets like those for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com bluewire. That's fanduel.com bluewire to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg in Virginia.
1: the the beginning of the story, the end of a story, the middle of the story, high, low, everything in between. Like it's together. It's all of those things that make us who we are and actually make us whole. What's up and welcome to the very best self podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now, let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self podcast. I have Steven Eisen on the podcast today. So, he is the founder of Lokai Bracelets and his newest venture, Elements and today we are going to talk about both of those companies Elements of Balance and Lokai and we're going to talk about how he built all of these companies how he became basically now a serial entrepreneur um and he's only 31 years old and we're talking about mental fitness we're talking about resiliency we're talking about how to kind of when you have a dream and you have a goal to stay on track and on target with that dream and with that goal and to forge on and really just like make it happen. And so he shares his story with, um, why he decided to create Lokai. And it's pretty, um, it's a pretty touching, uh, story that he shares with us in this episode and really the purpose behind why he did what he did. And, It was not an overnight success. Lokai bracelets became very, very, very popular and definitely went viral uh, out in the world, but it was not always that way. And so he shares his hit the pavement moments and, you know, really just how he did not give up to create what he created and why it's still going strong today. So let's get into it. Welcome back to The Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I am really excited to have Stephen Eisen on the pod today, you guys. I feel like you would have to have been living under a rock to not know what the Loci Bracelet is. Um, and so we're going to talk about that because he is the founder of the Loci Bracelet and who now has a second company called Elements of Balance. And so we're going to chat about that too, but kind of talk really about... You know how you created Lokai, how the you know idea came to be, the virality that happened—it uh, really went crazy out in the world, and uh, people were obsessed with it. Still are, I would say. Um, and then, kind of how all that came to be, how your entrepreneurial spirit came to be, and then we're also going to hop into mental and physical resilience and what it takes to create a business. So, hi and welcome.
2: Hey, Victoria. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't even believe like just thinking back, what when was the when did the Loci bracelet first come out?
2: Yeah. So I came up with the idea for Loci about 13 years ago. Um, and then launched it in June of 2013 when I graduated college.
1: Right. Okay. I feel like I've had that's like the so, so many founders. Almost. Yeah, stories is like it was it was it a college project for you at the time?
2: No, I actually came up with it after my freshman year. My grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, uh, and that really brought me to a low. Growing up, he was a huge part of my life. He drove me to school every day and taught me to play golf and pool. And so, um, yeah, I was just thinking about the highs and lows that I was going through and how everybody goes through highs and lows in their life, right? It doesn't matter your age, demographic, income level. We all have them. And I said, okay, well... I'm going through these highs and lows. Everyone goes through highs and lows. What are the highest and lowest points on earth? And it's Mount Everest and the Dead Sea. And I just thought about how I could take elements from those two places and incorporate them in a product that people could wear every day as a reminder to find balance. And I told my dad the idea, uh, who's also an entrepreneur, and he said, that's a great idea, but everyone has great ideas. Now go execute it. That's the hard part. And I think that's a theme that's followed with me for the last 10 years. Like It is truly all execution. Uh, Once you have the idea and uh, I bootstrapped the company, uh, had no idea what I was doing and just figured it out along the way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's wildly impressive. I mean, I can think of, I think that happens often. People have incredible ideas that pop into their minds and then it's like idea to execution. That's like two different things, right? Wildly different things. And there's a lot of pressure. And in every single phase of the game, it's like, okay, I have this idea. And then I think it's, you know, maybe I'm just speaking from experience and the people who listen to my podcast all the time know, and they're probably tired of hearing about it, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm working really hard to create my first journal. And so it's like, it's a, a, just a process that I've been sharing with my like life coaching clients for many years. And one that I actually do myself every single day. And I super believe in. But then it's like all of the pressure figuring out, okay, well, who's going to make the journal? Who's going to like help me with the graphic design for the journal? Like I have no idea how to do any of this stuff. No clue. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Once, once I figure that out, like who, like how, then you have to think about the logistics of mailing it out and sending it. And, uh, do you need a warehouse then? And like, it's just a million trillion things. And then once the product is actually, I think you have all this stress of like, okay, maybe, you know, you want to make this bracelet. How do I make the bracelet? And then when you figure out it dawns on you that making the actual physical product while at the time it feels I think and I'm just I don't I can't speak yet from experience of having the product yet but you know it kind of dawns on you like okay cool now I have this thing in my hand now the real work actually begins because then yeah. you've got to market the thing, you've got to sell the thing, you've got to create the content and now on however many different million like platforms there are and like it's like it's just never ending at every phase of the process. So how do you stay focused to to take each task and each challenge as it comes?
2: Yeah, I mean I think on the execution side there's never been an easier time to start a business if you really are passionate about something between social media and Google and just being able to like cold reach out to people and ask for help, you would be shocked at how willing people are to help and support um and want to see you succeed along your journey. I think a lot of people are always afraid oh if I tell people my idea, they'll think it's a bad idea and and they're not telling enough people about it or trying to get enough help. And then it just kind of stalls and fizzles out. So um I was always constantly Asking anyone I knew that had any any experience in manufacturing or warehousing or whatever the area might be for help and just continue to get help from other people along the way. And yeah, I mean, listen, it, the everyone everyone thinks, oh, what an overnight success, like that blew up. I was walking around the streets of New York. For years with my display and just some products in it, just like walking into yoga shops, boutique stores, and walking and saying, Hey, is the owner here or the manager? Like, this is my product. Can I tell you my story? Uh, and I'd get turned down like nine or nine out of 10 times. Uh, but that one win like, kept me going and it just slowly built and built and built. And uh, for me, that kind of in person experience of telling people the story, I started to get real feedback back. Right. So I tell someone the story, they'd be like, Oh, wow, you donate 10% of profits to charity. Like my mother had breast cancer. This is my story. And people would just start to tell me their stories of their highs and lows in their life. And you could see that kind of connection they had to the product really resonate. And so early on, I was like, okay, I'm telling people one at a time about loci. How can I take tell millions of people about loci instantaneously? And so uh, it was early days of Instagram. I would find celebrities or athletes and what they call now influencers. They weren't called influencers back then. Mm-hmm. And I'd find out what cause they cared about. Um, and we have different loci for different causes. Right. So pink for breast cancer, for, for mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. And I would send the celebrities or athletes the loci that I knew that they were passionate about and they would just organically start to talk about it on social because they were really sharing their own story about highs and lows when they were talking about loci at the same time. And it just became this ripple effect uh, where people continued to talk about their stories and balance and giving back. And um, yeah, I really took inspiration from Tom's and, Patagonia and some of the early companies that were giving back. LOKI donates 10% of profits to charity. Uh, and over the last 10 years, we've donated a little over $9.4 million to different nonprofit organizations.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Um, I mean, people are also, yeah, deeply connected to any kind of give back at all. And it's it's, I mean, it's kind of like a given now, if you're going to start a company in any way, like, you know, people want to know, how are you giving back? Um, beyond that, I would say the biggest thing is like environmentally friendly packaging um, mm-hmm. is like the next biggest, I mean, it's already here, but deeply important to consumers. Uh, but, you know, how you said you spent years knocking on doors and hearing no after no, after no, after no. So did people tell you to pack it up? Did people say, you know, or did you think, did you have moments where you're like, okay, this isn't going to take off? Like I've got to you know, think about how, what else I'm going to do for a living.
2: Yeah. It's a great uh, question that people ask me. I mean, I was naive. I was like 19 to 23. Right. So I was like, there was no stopping me. No, like I was fully self-confident. Uh, there was no even whisper in my head that it was not going to be successful. And, and I think as a entrepreneur building your first company, That is the mindset you have to have, because there are too many highs and too many lows. And if you have self-doubt in yourself and your own products and your own company, no one else is going to believe in you. Um, They'll just feel that energy. That you're hesitant or you're not fully confident in yourself. And so no, I, I was not an option. I, yeah, it was not an option.
1: I love that. Um, I mean, for me, like what I specifically love about the bracelet is I actually find a lot of like comfort, not only in the high and the low, but all of the beads in between mm-hmm. that connect the high and the low because you you have to have it all. It's like the high, the, the beginning of the story, the end of a story, the middle of the story, high, low, everything in between, like it, it's together. It's all of those things that make us who we are and actually make us whole. So, you know, I think also in terms of, you know, talking about mental health, um, you guys were kind of pioneering conversations on mental health 13 years ago when it wasn't as popular as it is today to talk about mental health, but Um, Yeah, I just, I just find it that it was, I don't know, a really neat way to talk about mental health. Uh, And so now, you know, you've created a second business, but in creating these two businesses, you're kind of becoming more, um, you're kind of becoming more vocal about mental fitness. And so, mm-hmm. what are some mental fitness strategies that you've come up with on your own and that you share with others?
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. And one of our largest nonprofit partners is Nami, National Alliance for Mental Illness. Uh, and we've been funding their hotline for years. Um, and it's one of the causes that I'm really passionate about. And uh, you know, I think um today's culture, especially you see it a lot on social media where like you're just blasted with stuff all the time. It's all about like hustle, work harder. Like right. don't sleep. Like work till three in the morning. Wake up at four in the morning. Like it's so unrealistic. Uh, and I think as an entrepreneur, one thing that I really try to preach and talk about is finding balance, not just in working really hard, but in other aspects of your life and how all of those pieces come together and will make you the best friend, the best family member, the best self, the best entrepreneur and and leader in your company. And and how you can really think about your schedule and your time is something you could do for the next 50 years, right? So I've really built my life and my calendar around, I could do this for the next 30, 40 years. And I want to, and I plan to, uh, not just, hey, I'm gonna do this for two years or three years and work really hard. And then I'm gonna sell my company and it's gonna be over. Um, like you were talking about the kind of the beads in the middle, it's about the journey. And I think even for myself, when I started a I was like, I'm going to build this company, I'm going to sell it, I'm going to make a lot of money. And just looking back on the last 10 years, the memories and things that make me the most happy have nothing to do with making money. Um, and actually, some of the toughest times are the ones that we were making the most money, but things weren't going as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think just as it relates to mental health, like you can't be going a hundred percent all the time. you have to sleep really well, you have to take time for yourself, and that will allow you to also be the best entrepreneur that you can be,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely I would say in the last like year or two, it's become super popular, you know, I think maybe it was when the creation of reels kind of came about came to be. You know, these, there's just, I don't know about men as much, but I definitely see it in the female space where it's like clean girl aesthetic. And like, here's my, you know, perfect, perfect morning routine. And honestly, like, I find it to be so overwhelming. And it just, and like, I'm yeah. obviously a content creator. Like, I'm considered, you know, an influencer, if you will. But like, I don't know. I, I and I, I have made those kind of videos, but they, there's something about them that just doesn't feel authentic to me. And also, I feel, I feel like shit when I see them. I don't feel good mm-hmm. about myself. I'm like, oh, good for you. You have a gorgeous, perfect, beautiful home and your coffee looks perfect and your morning routine looks perfect and your skincare routine looks perfect and your skin is perfect and like everything is perfect. And I kind of want to scream because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't look like that and when I wake up.
2: <laughs> let's be honest. It's all bullshit. It is. Yeah. Nothing you actually see on an Instagram reel is realistically someone's life. It's oh, just a highlight.
1: Yes. And so... I don't know. I've just been trying to like find, because the thing is like, also people do want to see what's beautiful. Like you don't want to look at like things that are not like, I don't want to look at someone's messy home. I don't. (laughs) Like like, I get that that's real. And like, yes, I'm very interested in seeing what's real, but that doesn't mean I want to see a messy home. Like I don't. No, Mm -hmm. thank you. (laughs) So it's like this weird, like it's this very strange, like in between kind of thing that it's like a difficult to curate, if you will curate, right? Curate content that is real, but also feels like, I don't know, really, And I don't know, like something to aspire to, but not something that's going to make you feel like shit about yourself. You know? I love that. Yeah. Which is why my journal that I'm creating is not dated because on a personal standpoint, like I remember growing up, I I just, I distinctly remember that like, I guess this routine thing has kind of haunted me for a while now that I'm thinking about it, because like, I remember distinctly getting a planner and feeling so good about myself when I have a brand new planner and I'm like, cool, I'm going to do this planner thing. This is great. I'm going to write down, I'm going to get my jelly pens and all the different colors. And I'm going to color coat my, life and I'm going to be that girl. Right. And then I remember, you know, I'd be really good at it for a few weeks and then a few weeks would pass by. And then all of a sudden, Mm. like I would miss the whole month of November. So then my planner would be empty for the whole freaking month of November. But then it's like, oh, we got back into it in December. But for whatever reason, when I would open up, when I want to start again, I would feel so badly about myself because I missed some days. But like, I don't know, that's why I'm not going to put dates in it. Because if you miss some time, like, okay, pick it back up right where you left off, you know?
2: Yeah, I love that. I can't wait to get a copy of this journal.
1: Yes. I'm going to need one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that also brings up a great Point, which is I think there are so many things you see people do that are that is just unsustainable. Right. And you can't do it every day and you shouldn't put pressure on yourself to do it every day, whether it's like work out every single morning at five AM or writing your journal every single day. I think people have so much pressure on themselves to do things that they think are the right things to do because that's what everyone is saying is the right thing to do versus really what is best for you. Um and yeah it's it's tough, especially for the youngest generation that's growing up on social.
1: Yeah. Strange to think about, but yeah, the people who are out there, like, yeah, I get up, like you were saying, I get up at 4am and I go to the gym and I start, I get to work and like, you know, da, da, da. like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, if you were doing that for you, you wouldn't need to tell anyone about it. But if you're you're doing it and you're telling people it's because there's an elitist version of you that thinks you're better than other people because you wake up early and you need to somehow tell the world about that. Like, I don't get it. Um, Can't compute. So, which is a great segue to talking about balance. So, your next company, uh, your newest company, I should say, uh, that's already out there. And so I feel very fortunate because I got to try all four of the flavors and I'm, they were amazing, um, is elements of balance. So, balance is something that's obviously kind of uh trending in your life or has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are plant based drinks and they're and also supplements. And you have one that is we get this right okay um there's energy there's i don't even know i wrote it in my notes somewhere but i kind of focus remember. calm focus that's what i'm forgetting energy mm-hmm. focus calm and sleep so tell us about nailed it yeah and tell us about alma yeah
2: Alex. so a couple of years ago i said okay we're low chi. we're a brand about inspiring people to find balance in their life by staying humble and hopeful through those highs how else can we help people find balance in a real authentic way not just right? find your balance on a t-shirt or make a hat but like what products will really help people with that balance. And we learned about adaptogens and how in high enough doses, they have functional benefits that you can really feel. So all of our products use clinical doses of adaptogens. We worked with a scientist and an ethnobotanist to create them and um, quickly realized that beverages and supplements is a very different industry than selling bracelets um, and so, decided to split the two companies. So, uh, Elements is a separate entity, but we definitely share resources and um, mindset between Lokai and Elements. And um, yeah, I, I knew that I really understood branding and product and how to build a great team, but I knew nothing about ready-to-drink uh, distribution, manufacturing, logistics, and right. so. The first people that I brought onto my team um, was a president who runs sales, who was at Pepsi for 26 years, a COO who has been in the beverage space for like 30 years, um, and production experts. And um, I think that's just a great kind of call out. It's okay to not be great or not know everything, uh, and don't and you don't need to pretend to. And so for me, it was just, hey, these are the gaps that I have. And the biggest weaknesses and where what we need as a company, how do I fill those first? And so that's kind of, I, I'm always, I'm very open and honest and transparent with my strengths and my weaknesses, uh, which with other people, which allows us to, to fill those gaps and and build a great company that's well-rounded. So I uh, launched Elements, the drinks about a year and a half ago. Uh and then the supplements we just launched a couple months ago.
1: We definitely understand branding. They that is the most beautiful PR package I have ever received. Period. I love that. Thank you. I opened it up. I was like, this is like, I think I just stepped onto an island. Like I was like <laughs> it was just a box, but I opened the box and I was like, I immediately like felt calm. It was like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So these the drinks are uh you can buy them. I think I read on Walgreens at Walgreens, and then also there was another
2: place. We're on Amazon. On you can Amazon. also buy them on our site, but Amazon's the easiest place. We all buy everything on Amazon. So, yeah, you got to be where the people are. But you we're, be where people are. we're in Erwan, we're in Wegmans, uh, Bristol Farms, Harris Teeter. Uh, we're in about 500 CVS locations around the country. Um, if you're in next time you go to JFK or LaGuardia, we're in all the little uh, like, Pop ups shops around. Like people are going to grab it so.
1: just because it's beautiful, and then they open it, and it also tastes amazing. So you're like, oh, okay.
2: And that's what that's one thing I I did understand early on with beverage is packaging is so critical. It's your billboard everywhere. Right. You're you're in retail, and so uh, we focused a lot on making that package look look great, and we're yeah. constantly tweaking it too. Another thing that I really Take pride in as a, as a leader is always using data to inf, uh, inform my decisions. Right, I think there's a balance between things that you really love and like. No, this is the way it has to be. Versus not having an opinion, doing market research or consumer research, understanding what messages are resonating, like or what's not resonating what people like flavor they like flavor they don't like and continuously iterating and improving and tweaking your product um and not being stuck on oh this is my product i'm going to sell it whether you like it or not um and so like we're constantly making changes as a small example the next round of product that was just run last week now there's little pictures of the like the fruits at that are the flavors. So like orange ginger has a little picture of an orange and a little ginger root because visually people like to see the flavor name. So just like yeah. little things were constantly changing and tweaking all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be amenable to change uh, because you can't just think your first iteration of something is just like the best one and like always stay with that. You know, did the loci bracelet change at all or did you kind of nail that one? So it's a little different when taste and flavor. Yeah, products, I no.
2: I, so we we nailed it, but uh, a good story is like when it started to really blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, I flew over to China to the factory uh, because we're like, we need to make a ton more product, like right away. And then, so they started to make it, and they had made like 15,000 units, but they used the wrong density of silicone and it was too soft and it it would break you know, easier that, than probably. than our current ones. And I actually had them cut them all up and restart. And we flipped the bill for it, but I wouldn't put product out that I didn't think was, was good enough. I so
1: mean, if you wear it every single day, I mean, I think yeah, I wore it probably for like a year and it broke, but like if you wear it, all yeah
2: same. they are silicone bracelets right so right. eventually if you wear it long enough they'll they'll snap um but we try to make the product quality as as strong as possible for the material that it is
1: and do you think there'll ever be another iteration of the low bracelet or always the silicone?
2: Um we do have some stones and some metals
1: uh oh you do but
2: yeah but the silicone is really our iconic Product. Um, people can wear it. I mean, active lifestyle, right? Whether you're playing sports or running, right. whatever it might be, you can wear it. Um, we have a ton of professional athletes that wear loci while they're playing. So if you right, watch an NFL, it really game, blew up,
1: right? Was uh Cam Newton, was yeah, what I read yeah,
2: anyway. Yeah, Cam was rocking it. Cam's a uh a great friend and he's actually a business partner in Lokai oh, as wow. well. Um and uh yeah athletes was a big part of it also just consumers sharing it you know I, I think one of the biggest um most undervalued pieces of marketing is like consumer word of mouth because most products that you buy or at least i buy are friends or family or it's someone personally telling me hey you got to check this thing out right. um not video on the TV of a commercial um, or a billboard, right? And so we really focus on how do how do we help our consumers tell more people about Loci? Um, and and that's something we're always focused on. Uh, and then using that to integrate that into our marketing.
1: Yeah, how do you help people? Like, how do you spread word of mouth? Correct. Yeah. So I so mean... Like- I- Quite honestly, I remember, so I'm a soul cycle instructor mm-hmm. And I remember, like before I was teaching, I remember I remembered certain things about the most successful instructors. And my goal was always I'm like once people are talking about you in the bathroom, you've made it. You're doing it. Not you've made it, but you're on your way. like because that's what it is. There'll be a crossover, let's say, like let's say the most popular instructor on the schedule has a sold out class and they're in the bathroom you know, all their writers are in the bathroom and let's say you're teaching the class after. And so this was when I was, uh, you know, much younger, but in earlier on in my career, rather, you know, people come out of that class and they're all talking about how amazing it is and how much fun they had or how inspired they felt or all the things that they felt in that room. Right. And so Mm -hmm. whoever's there to check in for the next class, they're going to overhear all of that all the time. And so if they've never taken that instructor's class, then they're like, well, shit, I got to try that. Once people are talking about you in the bathroom or when like you want them coming out of that class, your class, you know, namely, and then, you know, talking about it in the bathroom and saying how amazing it was. And I feel like that's how it really, really starts to like become viral. So I totally agree with that.
2: Yeah, that's an incredible insight. And and like, that's exactly what we're always focused on. It's like, okay, for using your example, how do I get more people to talk about me in the bathroom now uh and what like I, I would say a small example is using messaging around gifting right like being able to gift balance to people and and having our consumers buy keys or, or and give them out as birthday gifts holiday gifts another thing that an insight i just spent like uh probably 10 hours last week having 15 minute calls with super fans I just on my personal Instagram, I put up, hey, if you're a super fan, like DM me, I'd love to talk with you. And these are people who have bought like 50 to 150 Lokis. Wow, uh, it's pretty crazy. And like one of the insights they had is people are always asking me about Lokai, uh, but I never have anything to give them or tell them about. So we're gonna start putting little business cards uh, that have the message about Lokai into packages that people can give out when anyone asks them about loci so they don't have to like give them the bracelet off the wrist, but they can give them something to spread the message.
1: Yeah. I love that. Um, and what I love about that is it's the individuality, right? And that was always my strategy when I was first on the scene as a new instructor is like, you know, and for any of the fitness people who are you know listening to this podcast who who follow along you know finding success in the fitness industry and i'm sure it's in any industry is it is about finding carving out ways to individually connect with people because i know if i was teaching you know to a class of four people like There are some instructors who kind of are just like angry. They're mad that they're teaching to four people. You can't, you're not going to find success. If you're angry that you're teaching to four people, you have to teach the exact same class to four people that you would teach to 65 people in a sold out room, period, end of story, no matter what, like period. And you never know who one of those four people are. And those four people could be one of the people that's in the bathroom talking about how incredible your class was, how incredible the product is, how incredible, you know, they felt when they wore this thing or did this thing or whatever it is that you're trying to sell. But if you're not creating, you know, that experience for people and connecting on a one-on-one basis with people, then, you know, you, you lose an opportunity for that word of mouth.
2: I agree, and those four people probably have a more impactful experience with you being one of four than in a sold out class.
1: Yeah, I would argue that's absolutely true. You have the opportunity to connect to connect with those four people on a far deeper level than you would have the opportunity to connect with sixty five people on a very very deep intimate level level. You know, Mm -hmm. but you know that's just kind of goes to I don't know, I'll show you, I think as an entrepreneur, um, obviously, you know, much more than I do, but.
0: <laughs> no, and um,
2: I, and I think it's all like, to your point, it's about being humble, right? And yeah. like, every time I see someone on the street wearing loci or run into someone where I always stop and I talk to them and yeah. I ask them where they got it and their story, because that's where you learn, really just like oh, that's connecting so cool. with your Do you consumers. tell them that you're the founder? Of course.
1: Sometimes, or do you like. Always, no, always. Point, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah
1: wait that would people be love so it so cool yeah people were probably like what no way
2: <laughs> i see i see people wearing them daily yeah i'm sure yeah it's cool that's,
1: that's probably like a small kind of lesson i would say in like manifestation as well because when you think about something and like a lot you just see it a lot so now that we're even having this conversation i'll probably like walk it on the street today and probably mm-hmm. see like 10 people <laughs> wearing them
2: and, and so, uh, t- like yeah. I'm a, I would call myself an introvert, right? So like, for me, that was a really hard thing to start to do, to start mm-hmm. to stop people and talk to them on the street, um, even doing podcasts. Like, I, Before this year, I never really told my story or talked to anyone. That's why there's not much on me out there because I just, I, I prefer not to, but I believe now that it's telling my story and helping people find balance and the mental health side of things is important. And so I've learned to appreciate it and do it and get better at it. But I, but I always shied away from wanting to talk to people because it was never something I was good at.
1: Well, I think you're very good at it. And I think you should definitely lean into sharing it more because I think, you know, I mean, how old are you? 31. 31. You're 31 years old and you're a founder of two successful companies. So one of them that is a household name. So yes, I feel like you should, not that you asked my opinion, but I think you should absolutely (laughs) be leaning all the way the hell into sharing your story and, you know, how you've gotten to where you are, because I think it's pretty impressive.
2: Thanks, Victoria.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so I won't take up all of your time. I'll ask you one more no, question. No, you're which, good. Which is, what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? This is how I close out all of my podcasts.
2: That's a great question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna twist your question a bit. Sure. So one thing that I constantly am doing um, is I always think about the last day on Earth, uh, my last day on Earth, and when I look back at my life what am I going to regret? What am I going to be proud of? And what am I going to wish I spent more time doing or not doing? Uh, And I really take that mindset into how I live every day of my life. So for me, it's really about building a schedule that allows me to put family first and really block out that time for family uh, and friends, make sure my health and wellness is where I want it to be, and then focus on work. And I really try to cut everything that doesn't fit one of those buckets that fills me up, um, out of my day. Cause I know that those are things that, yeah, it might be like candy where in the short term, like you really like it and it's sweet and it's great, but like it will make you feel sick in the long run. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but, um, yeah. that yeah. that's the way that I kind of live my life.
1: Yeah. Um, to, yeah, that's, that's so interesting. Cause it's, Uh, I have not heard that in all of my episodes, except I've just recorded two in a row where that was almost the same answer. It's so crazy about living your life with regrets. And I could not agree more because it's also something that I share that same sentiment. Um, You know, I just, I like to say yes and put myself out there and try and live life to the fullest because, you know, you get one. And I don't, when it's all said and done on the final day, I want to look back and feel like I did everything I wanted to do and and lived it, you know, my way, you know, so.
2: Couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on, Siva. This was amazing.
2: Yeah, thank you.
1: All right, that is a wrap on today's episode. So many inspiring moments, so many moments where I was just like, wow, yeah, like that's relatable and I get that and it makes sense. And, you know... I don't know. I love where there's a product that has a purpose behind it. And so, you know, he obviously created Loci um, in response to his grandmother, grandfather being uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And so, you know, in one way or another, I think that's something that a lot of us have dealt with or are dealing with or have been touched by in our lives in some way. And so I love the purpose behind it. And then the mission of reminding ourselves that there are are highs and there are lows and there are everything in between and together they make us whole and that's okay to have those low points and it's okay to have those high points and and know that everything is temporary and it's all connecting us. So, so much inspiration from having this conversation today and uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed listening to him and his story and, uh, this episode. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So definitely pick up a loci bracelet. If you have not yet, uh, follow elements on Instagram, loci, Steven Eisen, all of it. make sure you follow us on Instagram at very best self at Victoria Brown. Uh, yeah. And that is a wrap for today. Follow us. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave us five stars and a review if you have a moment and share this episode with someone you love. Thank you guys. I will see you next time.